Hello and welcome to the Man Enough Podcast. I am Justin Baldoni. I'm Liz Plank. I'm Jamie Heath. Thank you so much for listening. Man Enough is our journey to stay in the room and have uncomfortable conversations and learn in real time about what it means to be a man and undefining all of these traditional gender roles and aspects of all the things that we've been taught forever about what it means to be a man today. And at the end of the day, all we wanted to do is make room for whoever you are, wherever you are, to feel accepted and loved and seen as a human being. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I do wanna just point one thing out, Liz. I don't know if you've noticed this, but Jimmy looks a little bit different today. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm man enough to admit I got my teeth white. That's what it is? Yeah, I went to the dentist and had, had her whiten my teeth, sat there for an hour because I did this little thing here on this set and I looked, had a ring light and my teeth were yellow. <laughs> and I said, oh, and Liz is like, look, you know, you see her TikToks and all stuff, you're like sparkling white. Mm -mm. And you yes. do have the whitest teeth that oh, I think I've ever seen. So I did that and not only did I do that, just for men, um, <laughs> You know, who's, not, who's not one of our sponsors. Yes. Who's not, but hey, you want to sponsor us, you can. I use your product and I put it on. You put it on your, on he's your beard? He's literally pitching products now. I'm not trying to pitch them. I'm trying to pitch that you pointed out my teeth. I think you teeth. would make, I think you would be a great spokesperson for mm. just for me. <laughs> um, but what's interesting is um, that would have been something I probably wouldn't admit it before. Mm. Why not? You know. We always want to pretend that we look how we look just naturally and yeah. we don't do anything. My muscles are this way, just be, you know, it's always like- From a, birth. From birth, <laughs> yeah, I don't work out for yeah. it. Just <laughs> And um, the idea that uh, I would admit to another that I dye my beard mm. would feel vain or, oh. um, I don't know, I something. I love that. I love so, that you're um, admitting it. Because everybody know, like everybody, I'm not saying everybody would know for you, Yeah, but a lot of people know, like, you know, if somebody's older and they dye their beard, like, they clearly dye their beard. So I did not even think that men dye their beards. It's like, like, it literally never crossed what my mind. What do you mind. think that Just For Men was? Uh, isn't it for your hair? And it's for your, your, your hair. It's any, for any everything. Party. Yeah, wherever yeah. you do it. Do you guys it, you know. dye your eyebrows to go no, with the beard? No, no, no. Okay. Because this kind of gets, you know, a little bit more than the rest. So. Got it. Well, speaking of looks, we have somebody on the show today mm. I'm very excited to talk to, Wisdom K, mm. who is a renowned TikToker now and mm. model who has really made a name for himself by breaking a lot of the rules, these yeah. traditional rules of masculinity. and By the way he dresses. By the way he and dresses. And Vogue acknowledged him as being the best dressed TikToker there is. Yeah. Wow. So I think it's perfect timing. And, and honestly, I thought about him today, and that's why I wore my hair down. <laughs> yeah, can because we talk about that? I knew that he was going to be on the show, right. and I knew you give me a lot of shit for it, Jamie. I'm going to ask him about your, your, your And hair. I was like, you know what? If this guy is so free... I can be free. Mm. What do you think of his of his hair, Liz? I, I, think think I, don't, I don't. Don't get, put her on the spot. No, like that. I don't. I don't want to get involved get, no. uh, in this <laughs> at all. I think. Uh, I think you should grow your hair out. I think that's I think. that's that's right. what we should right. do. Everyone uh, should be free. We'll be right back with Wisdom K. This is Man Enough. Hello and welcome to the Man Enough podcast. I am Justin Baldoni here with Liz Plank, <laughs> That's my Jamie, name. Jamie Heath, Jamie Heath, and we have an amazing guest today. Mm -hmm. I think uh, both Jamie and I are feeling a tad bit insecure. Mm. Wisdom K, everybody. Hello, hello, hi. How's everyone doing? Good. We're doing, We're doing good, good, but I'm sorry, Wisdom. I just gotta steal your thunder from it because 
You've been named Jamie's by Vogue. putting on his ring light. The ring light. You've been right. named by Vogue, the best <laughs> dressed man on TikTok. Is that right? Yeah. Well, you wait till this ring light is. I got this set right. That's you, the secret. You, you're gonna have a uh, arrival now. Uh-oh. You think the ring light is gonna make you better dressed? Is that is that its power? <laughs> well, it's is gonna start what... with. Listen, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I got going against me, um, and we'll, I'll make this real quick. Have you seen the way this guy's dressed? Yeah, he's wearing a what? What is this? Velvet, Red velvet Gucci blazer. Yeah, I mean, Red he, he looks Gucci blazer. like my dream. Mm. How I would Stop. love. No, I'm not kidding. You walked in, I was like, okay, what's this? And then Justin, well, his hair is down. There. You, what do you think about his hair? Justin's hair is gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan. I, I knew this was gonna happen. Oh my gosh! And then you got Liz, who never looks bad. So no, I, I need a ring light. So <laughs> you look, hey, hey, a, what are you talking about? I'm gonna keep this ring light here. It's a good look. Got my teeth whitened. Wisdom, di- what can he do hair. differently? <laughs> yeah, I say get rid of the ring light. I say get rid of it. Yes. I think you look great as it is. All right. Mm. He's enough as he is, right? Oh. He's enough as he is. I am mad wow. enough put, as I am. Put the there ring light down. All right, all right, all right. That's what this podcast is all about. Liz, would you mind mm-hmm. introducing our audience yes. if they don't already know who Wisdom is? Yes. So it's so great to have you uh, with us. I want to share a little bit about you. So Wisdom K is an out of the norm and onto the runway TikTok creator turned IMG model. You've amassed a reach of nearly 5 million across all your social nice. media channels through a fresh and unique take on men's fashion and by challenging hypermasculinity with a comedic bent. Mm. I can't wait to talk about that with you. So mm. from Houston, Texas, uh, you really take your millions of followers into the world of someone that Vogue magazine has coined the best dressed guy on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah. And there's a lot of huge. people on TikTok. There's a lot of people <laughs> on TikTok. There are billions of people and on TikTok. And we are seeing it firsthand. Yes. That uh, is such a sick intro. We approve. I've, wow. From at-home fashion shoots, from closet tours, videography, and photography, your inspiration and looks are limitless. We are so happy that you're here to join us and thank grace you us with your presence. Thank, thank you for being thank here. Thanks for being here, bro. And thank you for saying that my hair was gorgeous. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan. Because Jamie I'm... constantly makes fun of my hair. Jamie, I'm sorry. I'm a fan. Come on. I'm gonna have. I might have to change my mind because yeah, he's got fashion. He has a sense that I will. Um, Great hair. Thank you. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. When, when was the last time that you didn't feel man enough? Hmm. Or have you ever not felt man enough? You know, I think a question like that, to really answer, you have to first ask yourself what it really means to be man enough before you can say like, oh, am I man enough? Mm. And uh, yeah, I was raised in... Um, more of like a traditional sense, like my Nigerian background is kind of like the, all right, man up, man up, man, you got to deal with it, you got to mm. deal with it. And it's weird because today, like when something's going on, um, I don't really talk to anyone about it, you know, mm. it's just something I had to, I try to like deal with and internalize and like try to get over it. It's not the best way to deal with things, obviously, first of all. Um, and something kind of personal happened like right before I left, really. I just had like a real deep and intense conversation with my mom, you know, how that, mm, you know, how that goes. Mom, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, I didn't really know how to, how to, you know, really handle it. And I just mm. kind of felt like, you know, weird in that kind of moment. Like, because I was raised like, man up, figure this out, you know, don't cry, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Like, don't don't feel the emotion, be a cyborg, you know, whatever. Mm. So when, when was the last time you cried? Oof. Okay, so the real answer for this, I won't lie to you, is like- We only want the real answer. The, okay, but the thing is the real answer is weird though, because it was two days ago, but it was because, and this is so weird, I can't explain this. I had Carl's Jr. and I got really, really food drunk. 
I'm not, I, I'm not making this up. And I cried. Like, yes. I was going insane <laughs> in my hotel room and then I cried. But of that, like happiness or horror? It was everything. <laughs> okay, got it. I won't lie to you. I, I, I knew like, you know, sometimes you eat, you feel kind of, uh, but like I was genuinely out of it. Like I, it didn't make any mm. sense to me. But the real time I cried from like emotion <laughs> <laughs> and something that was actually going on was this experience that I was talking about right before I left. Have your parents also always been very receptive to your choices? You know, the way that you really challenge masculinity with the, with your fashion choices and just overall your existence. Yeah. You know, I, I was supposed to go down the path of like biochemical engineering major. That was what my major oh. was. When I went wow. But my major changed like three or four times because I didn't really want to, you know, study something like that in school. It wasn't really mm -hmm. my thing. Um, but that's just what I ended up going to school with. Cause you know, that's just what I was expected to do. So during this time, I kind of get on TikTok. Um, my friends had talked about it in college. Like, I think I posted my first videos in college right before COVID hit. Some of my friends Wait, were like- Wait, so you've only been doing TikTok since like last year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Exactly, yeah. Um, it's incredible. You Can you run our social media accounts? How <laughs> <laughs> are you feeling, Josh? Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, my friends in college were like, oh, you should make like a fashion video, just show your outfits throughout the week. Um, and I was like, I wasn't too sure about it because I didn't really know what TikTok was at the time. I wasn't really on it. I started filming in my room um, and yeah, just kept posting those and, and it blew up on Twitter as well. So I was like, okay, I'll just keep making more and more. That's the point where it's like, all right, I'm getting hit up by brands, getting hit up by agencies mm. and then IMG come wow. and then you know, they asked me, so what does your mom think? And I was like, she doesn't know about it. And they're mm. like, what? So then they're like, let's set up a call with your mom. Tell my mom about it. And I didn't really know how to even tell her. I told her, hey, mom, these people want to talk to me about a thing. And I, I was kind of vague about it. I didn't know how to really tell her. Um, so she was like, okay. And I just kind of, you know, made stuff up. The call comes and they kind of lay it on her what's really going on. Hmm. And that was her first time really getting a glimpse of like, oh, my son's like on TikTok. And because good things were coming from it, she was like, okay, yeah, I, this is this is fine. This is good. Um, but she still is very adamant about like, you know, school and yeah, this course. and that. Because again, it's a very traditional thing where it's like my son's just going to go off to school and become a doctor. Like mm -hmm. he's not going right, to be on right. social media making videos. Mm -hmm. um, and even I didn't know what could really come of that either. So let me ask you a question. You're 20, right? Yeah. 20. My man. Um, I'm more than twice your age. It's crazy. Um, you know, more. More, <laughs> more than twice. <laughs> Emphasis on the more. So we're doing this podcast, Man Enough, based on the book that Justin wrote which is really a, um, a journey of his own relationship with masculinity, right? And like in real time and him going through different aspects of it and he writes about it. At 20, do you find that discussing things like we are on this podcast is something that you deal with with your generation? And do you think it's relevant? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah all the time. Even recently, um, I had to do a little questionnaire that uh, for Vogue, they wrote this article about men in heels and like their favorite heels and why they wear them and, and things like that. And there's, you know, sort of this idea that like, you know, you're, you're a man, you shouldn't be wearing, you know, high heels and things like that. Whereas history actually does say otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, but Can yeah. Can you tell us about that history? Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, men wore high heels first. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not a historian, but I believe yes. it has something, it was way back when it has something to do with, I think it was riding horses. Riding horses. Like. Yeah, exactly. A loke. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that, that, that's where he initially started from. And then, and then, you know, the way I think about it, when you think of a heel, a heel is nothing but just additional height. I mean, that, that's really what it is at the end of the day. But when I, when I was getting on TikTok at first and I and I started, you know, doing fashion content, you know, sometimes I get the occasional comment where it's like, you know, are you, are you, 
what's he wearing? Is he wearing a heel? Why are you wearing stripper heels? Why is he why is he doing that? And they seem to think that, you know, this has something to do with my masculinity and my sexuality as well. I've been challenged on all those fronts because of uh just because of what I wear, heels and then, you know, other clothing has, but mainly those. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think I've addressed it also as well on my TikTok. I think I've posted a few things, what have you, a few comments. What, yeah, what have you said? Right. So I've tried to emphasize the fact that it's footwear. Right. <laughs> it's, yeah. Just foot, yeah. it's just footwear. It's just right. footwear. I am, I am me right now. I can take these boots off. Nothing has changed. I may have mm. gone down a few inches. Nothing's really changed. I'm, I'm the same person before and after I put them on. Um, mm. Does that make you feel... Because of them, I'm sure you obviously are a confident person. Yeah. Um, but do you ever question? Does it ever challenge you in your own identity and uh, at least the way that you see yourself as a man, the way you're supposed to walk? Do you feel, are you emotional about it sometimes? Mm -hmm. Is there any sort of questioning that comes with that? So I've come to this sort of place where I'm just really comfortable in doing anything because I know at the end of the day that- That's awesome. I'm still going to be me. You know, I, I know who I am and I know what I am. And it's like, if I do this or wear that or do this, it doesn't change anything But I, because I know deep down inside, this is Wisdom K, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's been the biggest part of growing up and, and especially in today's age. And, and it's really difficult to, and for a lot of people to really understand like what that means to still be able to like, you can do this, say that, blah, blah, blah. But deep down inside, you know who you really are, and, it, and it's tough. It's a, it's a, it's not a it's not an easy thing to do. Um, to really understand yourself, you yeah. know, and it's weird because it's like it's you. You should be able to understand yourself more than anyone. Where but. where do you think that understanding of yourself came from? Because I want to back mm -hmm. all the way up to you being a boy and growing up and being bullied in mm -hmm. some ways. Because mm -hmm. you weren't always this fashionista, right? Mm -hmm. You didn't always walk around in heels and dress like this mm -hmm. in high school. You're in Texas, right? Yeah. Houston, Texas. Mm -hmm. So you're in Houston, Texas. Mm -hmm. How, you're 6'5"? Six, 6'4". Five? Six, four. Six, four. Mm -hmm. What was it like for you? Um, so I moved around a lot. I haven't lived in Houston my whole life, but I have lived okay. in Texas. Um, and it hasn't always been, you know, like you said, the same thing. I have obviously gone through a lot of stuff and, and you know, some bullying growing up. And it, part of it has to do with just moving around, always being the new kid. Mm -hmm. um, and always, also I've, pretty much been one of the tallest people, if not the tallest person in my class throughout my life. So I'm also pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah you, know you stand I mean? out. Yeah, so it's like, okay, he's new, he's huge, let's let's get on him for something, right? Um, and also, you're dark-skinned black. Exactly, and, and, and I've been bullied for everything just growing up by everyone. Not, not, I'm not trying to say that my childhood was completely like miserable, no. but, but the, you know, wherever I've moved to, there's always people everywhere who has someone. And it's weird because I've never been someone who says anything to anyone, never done. So it was really one of those things where I was like, why, like literally why is it, why am I getting this torment? I just got here. It's literally my first day of class. Mm. I've been made fun of physical appearance, you know, um, even what I used to dress like as well. Um, Which was what, what did you used to dress like? Just, I, you know, regular kid. You know, I wore like uh, Skechers, Wrangler jeans, t-shirt I, I there was nothing really special going on yeah. um and somehow that was still do you, think, do you think that was also a way for you to try to blend in like were you like growing up because you were you would just stand out on your own mm -hmm. did you want to just fit in and like not draw attention to yourself i would say i didn't start caring about what i was wearing until freshman year because i wanted to blend in i wanted to fit in with the other people around me i wanted to wear what they wore so that way you know as a way to like 
not get pointed out. Yeah. Mm. So I started sort of like looking up the brands that they were wearing and, and going to the mall and, and trying to buy those things. Still didn't work. And and throughout this time, I was just caring about what other people were thinking about me. It wasn't until college where you have a lot more independence. Um, I kind of discovered my own style there. It's one of those things where in your head, you think you're like, you're doing something that's really, really cool, even though you may look goofy, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? You just don't really care. Because I was experimenting a lot and just like, you know, making the best of what I had. That's pretty much how I just kind of like try to get that confidence back and not really care too much about what mm. people are thinking. Liz, you, you were going to say something earlier. I was curious because it looked like you were. Well, well, I have so many questions. I wonder if we can talk about the intersection of black masculinity and fashion, right? Mm -hmm. That fashion is both a tool of, I, th I think, oppression for black men in America and also a tool of emancipation. So in terms of oppression, I mean, even if you go back to the slave trade, like you were stripped from your clothing. You were mm -hmm. giving one piece of clothing mm -hmm. per year. Mm -hmm. Trayvon Martin, he was wearing a hoodie. That's mm -hmm. why it happened, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the history of black dandyism in, Amer in, you know, in Europe and America, this sort of uh, using fashion as a way to to access freedom uh, mm. for for black people, and then the pushback from the black community, right, of taking up too much uh, space, of 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 imitating the white man in the way that you're dressing, or drawing too much attention to yourself if mm -hmm. you're too stylish. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I wonder, like, how you know, there's so little latitude for men to explore their feminine side. And I think for, for, for black men, it, it's even more complicated. So what was it like for you to go into the women's section, like literally as a black man, uh, s sort of pushing those boundaries mm. um, in a country that, that, that has, you know, such a history of, of, of dehumanizing black men? There is a lot of hyper-masculinity um, within like the black community, especially when it does come to fashion. Mm. Um, and people were definitely saying things about me behind my back. And mm -hmm. saying, oh, was he wearing this? Was he wearing that? And yada, yada, yada. But I wasn't so like like in tune with it. Like it wasn't like people were right next to me or coming up to me like, bro, blah, 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 blah. You know, you kind of hear whispers maybe or, or you could tell like you just look across and you can see someone like yeah. looking at you and looking to their friends and their friends are laughing. But it was, it was mm -hmm. more of those things where it was like I never had like a group of, of black men come up to me and say, bro – you can't be doing that, mm -hmm. bro. Like, nah, you can't be wearing stuff mm -hmm. like that. What's wrong with you? I feel like I was a little bit lucky in that respect because that's not the case for everyone. It really is more on the internet so than everything. Because on the internet, you can see the comment right there. It's almost like somebody's in front of you saying that to your face. And anyone can just say something through the screen, you know, and just type away and move on with their day. And I, I really have tried not to let the text on a screen really bother me too much. Um, and I felt like that was something important that I kind of had to figure out before I could really get on social media actively. So going into like the women's section and doing things like that, again, it was just one of those things where it's like, I, I just want to do this. You know, I, I, I like this garment. I like these pants and, and I think I rock them. So <laughs> I, I want to wear them. And it's just, you know, it's difficult because it's, it's hard to explain how like, I just don't care. I try to figure out how the best way to say it to somebody, but it's like. That's pretty amazing. So I, I write about in Man Enough, uh, in chapter two, there's a body image chapter. And I struggled a lot with body image over the course of my life. And when I was younger, hmm. I would wear two t-shirts. Me too, man. Because, Me too, because I had very narrow shoulders mm -hmm. and I wanted my shoulders to look bigger because I was told that broad shoulders means you're more of a man, right? And girls might like you more, men might respect you more, whatever it is. And growing up, I would choose clothes based on how my shoulders looked. 
And to this day, as a 37-year-old man, I oftentimes will find myself like, oh, I can't wear that, or I don't wanna wear that because it makes my shoulders look narrow or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine having the confidence to go into like a women's section or wear, you know, some of the things that you wear and and not caring what anybody else thinks because so much of my identity around how I look and masculinity has come from external sources, has mm -hmm. come from what what men look like, what men have historically looked like and how I am supposed to look in order to fit in. You seem like you have just said, screw it all. I have, as, as a, a had said, an irrevocable sense of self. You seem like you have this, like this, this sense of self that I admire. Like I want to just, you know, rub some of this on <laughs> onto me because I would love to be able to walk into this podcast and rock a red, you know, velvet blazer and be like, "Damn, I look good." I don't care what anybody else thinks. So, I, like, wh where does some of that come from? Like, have you had any body image issues like that at all? Like, with 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 even with your clothes because it just seems like you are so free, and I want some of that freedom. You know, it's 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 really funny you say that because I've ha I have a lot of body image issues actually. Um, I I'm it's weird like I'm really confident in terms of, in terms of like what I'm wearing, mm. but in terms of the more like physical aspects of myself, not so much. Um, you know, and and the funny part is it didn't even start happening until I became a model. You know, because that's when I started looking at myself. This as a business, that, no offense to the modeling business, but like <laughs> it is a. Yeah. And Oof. and it's not it wasn't even like, oh, I'm not skinny enough. It was more like I would go to a fitting and something wouldn't fit me. I remember this one fitting I had to do, and there was, you know, the whole line of clothes you wear for the for the shoot. And I was so excited. I was like, oh, there's just like gorgeous blazers there, gorgeous suits. And I was like, all right, this is gonna be awesome, it's gonna be epic. That was the first thing I tried on. There was this like gorgeous like pink Gucci shoe. I was like, bet I'm gonna put this on right now. Went into the room, tried to put the pants on, the pants were not getting on. Alright, they were like, okay, no worries, let's try this on. And said, second thing I had didn't fit. All right, third thing, third thing. Third thing didn't fit. I was like, no. I was like, you got to be kidding me. And these are like sample sizes? Yeah, yeah. And I had to wear what I brought. I came in with these these pants that did fit me, and I eventually wore them with like a shirt that was on the rack and my own shoes. But the the feeling of them not fitting yeah, did something. It just kind of hurt because oftentimes I find myself, I'll look in the, I have like a full body mirror. You know, sometimes it's my arch nemesis, sometimes it's my best friend. I get, I look in there and I'm like, Oh, all right, Wiz. Well, not bad, not bad. Sometimes looking, they're like, oh my God. Well, what are you most from? insecure about? What part of your body are you most insecure about? Um, This part, the whole face area, um, oh. which is the worst part. Best part. <laughs> that face? is the worst part. Huh? Your your face. Yeah, 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 yeah. The face. You're beautiful. Stop it. Um, Thank you. Um, But yeah, it, it you know, it's hard sometimes to see it all the time. Yeah. You know, you have your days where you're like, oh, okay. You got this, and then you have your days where it's like, oh, you know. Did you feel that way before doing so much, so much social yeah. media? No, I did. You I did. did. I felt that way for a really, really long time. I, I wouldn't mm. say that really had to do so much with modeling and um, mm. um, anything like that. It was mainly like the body stuff. Body stuff I didn't really care about. Yeah. So that became my job, and then also modeling because now it was like, all right, we really need to, you know, get these clothes because that's what we're that's what we're filming. So like that. I started judging myself instead of like, oh no, this is just. Too small, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. Well, um, who makes? I'm curious, Liz, because women have been dealing with this forever. Mm -hmm. The idea of like plus size models, mm -hmm. which is really just average human beings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious, 
Like, how, who the hell created the sizes? Mm. Where do the sizes even come from? Mm. Is it a masculinity thing where men were like, this is, should be the size of a woman and then this is what a small is and a medium is? Mm. Or I don't know the history of sizes. I just know that, like, most uh, rules in our society was, like, made up. Uh, yeah. and, and it's completely imaginary and we all mm. give importance to it, right? Like, mm -hmm. a small is better than a medium and is better than a large, right? Or whatever it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that, you know... With men, it's really interesting because I was just thinking about the same thing, same brain, uh, where I was like, oh, we've had a recent, and again, we're not there yet, but, you know, we're seeing di di different diverse bodies for women. And I was like, oh, are we seeing that for men? And it's complicated because with men, it's like there's on one end the glorification of the dad bod, which is like, you know, there's no equivalent for women. No, no men are lusting over the mom bod in the way that women are. <laughs> but then you also are insecure. And there are these, uh, you know, sort of impossible beauty ideals for, for men as well. And particularly when it comes to body dysmorphia, eating disorders, that there's a lot of activism out there, a lot on TikTok, actually, that I've, yeah. you know, certainly learned about of male voices talking about this issue. Um, who are saying, you know, gym bros have eating disorders, like, or like, you know, that that it's a form of an eating disorder as well to absolutely. want to, to, you know, to wear two t-shirts, not to say that you had an eating disorder, but No, it but is I had a, a disorder. I absolutely, yes, absolutely yeah. have some sort of body muscle dysmorphia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and that too is, is part of that category, but we don't really talk about eating disorders in men, mm. uh, body dysmorphia and masculinity and, and how do those, the, those things are really oppressive, you know, for yeah. men as well. Can I... You said something earlier. Um, you asked the question, what part of your body did you have the most issue with? And you said your face. Um, so I just have to say something about that. Um, first is you are beautiful. You have beautiful black skin and you have a face that's, that's um, stunning. And the world does not tell you that your face is stunning. See, I think that you have always had an issue. You have a wonderful body, that's clear, right? You're tall. You can't make distinction between your size, your muscles with that of a white person or somebody else. But your face and your nose and your lips are not told to you. We're not told to us through um, media, television, heroes. No one look like us. Yeah. So you have uh, what a lot of black men have. Oftentimes black men dress up so that we can be accepted and be seen and be looked at and be seen as beautiful because you don't see my nose as beautiful. Um, so the fact that you have that um, is not unique for black men. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't want to make this whole thing about a race thing, but I'm going to tell you now. I need to tell you that you are a fucking beautiful man. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And um, and I'm sorry that you had that and that you still um, walk with that. Um, but I feel you, brother. I, I try to diminish it every single day. You know, it, it's it's a work in progress. It's better now than it was years ago and, and the years before that. Um, and And it's, you know, crazy you say that because that's a conversation that I, I recently had with some of my friends because it is true. You grow up and you look at, you know, TV, look at movies, look at magazines and who do you see on the covers? They don't look like you. You grow up thinking, oh, I can't be that. I can't do that. You know, mm. you know, so, and, and that's the reason why I continually want to just be a role model for people. You know, I, sometimes I get messages from kids who are like, you know, probably like, I, I love you, bro. Like you, you, you just, you remind me so much of me and I mm. just love that we, and those messages are so heartwarming because I know that someone somewhere is going through what I'm going through, looks like me, has the same skin as me and doesn't think they can do that. Doesn't think they can wear that. They don't think they can be a model. They can't think they can do this. And you know, when I get those messages and people are like, you inspire me so much every single day. It's like, it's like the best thing ever because it is true. I mean, you know, uh, some kids might want to make 
a certain kind of music. They look and they see only the same kind of people making this music. They're like, oh, I can't make that music or I can't listen to that. I can't wear that. I can't be that. And, and, and it starts to shape your idea of what is acceptable for what you look like, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and yeah, yeah, it's really important that, you know, we do have people constantly trying to, you know, do different things and push those boundaries. And, and, and yeah, that's why, that's why I really, you know, yeah. want to keep doing what I do. I'm so happy doing what I do because I get to inspire other people. Mm, yeah. Sweet. Can I ask you another question? Sorry, Jay, you may have something no, to say. No, 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 no. Please. Tell me about your daddy. Um, so your parents are Nigerian, mm-hmm. um, different culture they're raised in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what it means to be, first of all, my f- first time in Africa, I've been there four different times. Oh, Men cool. walk down the street holding hands. Whether they're gay or not, that's irrespective. It's just love, the way they show love. Mm-hmm. And the way they're comfortable with their masculinity is very different than how we are here. Um, but you were raised here. So mm-hmm. tell me some differences between you and your dad. Uh, I don't know where he is. <laughs> I don't know where he's at. Um, you didn't have a relationship with him? No, not one. Not a, no. Mm. I think he visited so one time. So you were raised by your mom? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, no, yeah, literally. Do you have I, un- what about uncles? Uh, yeah, my uncle visits every now and then, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really close to my uncle. I'm close with, I mean, uncle, aunt, grandma, like everyone in my family, but I just didn't know my, my biology. So men, so, so your relationship with a man, male figure growing up, uh, wasn't constant in your life? non-existent, yeah. Mm. So do you think in some ways, did your mom give you that confidence? Did some of that come from your mom, this, this, this ability to transform um, the... Does your mom understand what you're doing? Like, I was gonna... Mm-hmm. I, I, I can tackle both of those. Yeah. Obviously, I love my mother to death, but she sometimes will see, like, something I wear and she'll be like, like, go change. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, All right, that answers my question. Yeah, mm. it's been... It, 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 it's not so much now, because obviously, like, I do this now, but before when it was like, I was just going to school... Um, you know, we would like have to go somewhere, whether it was Walmart, go to the you know auto shop, go to the store, whatever it was. I'd come downstairs wearing something, and she'd be like, "Like, what are you? Like, why are you wearing that? What are you wearing?" And I and I in my head, I'm like, I'm not even wearing anything, you know, whatever. I had to go upstairs and change. Was it when it was like feminine, no, or and, just and generally and like just, she didn't understand? Yeah, I, I, it would be like I would maybe cuff my jeans up twice because I like the way that like, you see the socks and the shoe, the sneaker. Yeah. Um, so that you see the sneaker, or I tuck my shirt in in a way, and then it was just simple things like that. But what about the way that she saw you as a boy? Mm -hmm. Did she have expectations of you and the way that you had to walk as a boy and and then as a man that were different from what she thought you should be versus what you thought you should be? Oh, absolutely. There was one time I think she, um, she she did say like, oh, you know, you're dressing a little bit too feminine, you know, at a time. Um, Now, obviously she's like, you look good, you know what I'm saying? But there was, you know, once upon She's a like, time. Will you dress me? But you know, <laughs> every time you go back to dress, mm-hmm. which is interesting to me, mm-hmm. what about how you expressed yourself? What about you were crying, if you were emotional, if mm-hmm. you were sensitive? Mm-hmm. There's, there's never really been any other problem with any of that other stuff. Um, I think um, I know what you're getting at, which is that, I'll, and you probably know the research on this, I know Bell Hooks writes a lot about this, but the idea that single mothers oftentimes feel a sense of, um, they feel they need to protect their sons. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because they know how dangerous the world is for women. Absolutely. And they want their sons oftentimes to grow up, and I don't want to say to be hyper-masculine, but they teach kind of a, um, uh, a very traditional sense of masculinity to their, mm. to their boys. So you have women saying, man up, yeah. be a man, mm-hmm. don't cry, oftentimes, right? It's, uh, it's a fear response to mm-hmm. misogyny and to the patriarchy. So mm-hmm. I think that's in some ways what you were getting at, sure. but, but doesn't feel like doesn't it. feel like that happened at all to you, which is, which is really interesting. You're, mm-hmm. you're a bit of a unicorn. 
Or is it because this generation mm-hmm. is different than mine, than yours? Is it because you're 20 in the last 20 years, what we are accepting of and what we see and what you've been um, brought up with is very different than what I was brought up with. Yeah, expression. Very possibly, yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. what it means to be a man for you is very different than what I was told possibly. Big thing, I did grow up in a very small town that is predominantly conservative, right? So, okay, now I gotta know. When you go back home mm-hmm. to this conservative town yeah. and you're wearing high heels... Oh, I don't. <laughs> you don't? I really don't. Oh, so and you the dress thing is, differently? I Slightly. Okay. I just... The thing is, there's certain items I won't wear and it's not like I really care what the other people think, but I just don't want to draw too much attention the, the the problem one thing i've noticed is that because i'm, I'm already six four people are already looking just because i was like oh he's tall right yeah and then t- most of the time every time to be honest with myself i am wearing some sort of outfit that again would probably draw eyes if i throw like a, a five inch heel on <laughs> it's just you know it's oh it's just the eyes are already enough and then mm-hmm. again because i do know i am in a very somewhat homogenous I don't want to say that, but in certain places it can be pretty homogenous, uh, pretty conservative area. It's like, I just don't want to draw the unnecessary attention. Yeah, it's not worth wrong. it. It's you not know what I mean? Yeah, like, just, yeah. I'll go home and I'll make my videos and I'll post those. And then when I travel, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll wear whatever I want on the street. Yeah. But, you know, and I'm lucky I have the luxury to be able to do that. Um, but yeah, when I'm at home, yeah, I, I, I try not to overdo it. Mm-hmm. I just picture you in slow motion. Getting off the plane, walking through that Texas airport <laughs> with your cape flowing My in the wind cape. behind you and your and your heels, man. Mm, I love it. But it, yeah. yeah, and it's interesting. Like you know, there's less latitude, I think, uh, definitely for black men or any marginalized community, you know, that 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 wants to express femininity. Uh, but then on the other hand, like having a little bit of femininity for black men, for a 6'4 black man who is, again, in American society can be seen as a threat or as a hyper, right? We we hyper-masculinize black men. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who... Uh, was an executive, you know, the only black executive at a large uh, pr- production company. And he would wear black rim glasses, like he, not even mm. he like he had no need for glasses. But he told me, like, I have to add a little bit of femininity so that p- so that people don't right. see me as the angry black man in mm. the room. Mm. So I- I'm curious if that, you know, going into a more conservative a- area, if, yeah, keeping a little bit of femininity uh, actually could be helpful. No, I. And the thing is, I always do somehow, yeah. right? Like, I do always still wear flare pants, like all Got the it. like, no matter where I go, or something that's like, you know, kind of, you know, extenuates that, like, you know, the ankle or whatever it is. Um, I do always have a heel boot on. You know, it may not be the highest heel boot, but I do have some level of heel on most of the time. I might wear a sneaker every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, in a way, I, I am always wearing something that is feminine, just because it's comfortable. You know, the outfit that I'm wearing right now. I don't see, I don't even see this as a crazy feminine thing, but it is apparently, mm-hmm. you know, because these, you know, the heels on my feet are more feminine heel, um, you know, the low hanging shirt, the yeah. pearls, I, you know, and I, 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 I just like them. I think they look good. It's, I love think, it. you know. it's so interesting that it, like the idea of what is masculine, what is feminine yeah. in fashion, the whole thing is so bizarre to me. Cause mm-hmm. I remember having conversations with my wife cause I, okay. So here's something I love to shop for my wife. Mm-hmm. Like I, will, I didn't know that. I, That's sweet. The, I would say 
five percent of Emily's wardrobe no way. are things that I bought her love that, that she didn't know that I was buying that because I, mm -hmm. I just I love it. Aww. I love but to not, shop not because you are dressing her. No, I love to way. shop for women's clothes. <laughs> <laughs> not because you're like, I want you to look like this, wear these clothes. Absolutely not. Right. It's because I know her style mm -hmm. and right. I know what she loves. And I also know that she doesn't she's not a person that goes shopping a lot. Like right. she's not a person mm -hmm. that thinks about that. But right. I know that I know I know what she loves to feel good in. And it's definitely not that I, I'm dressing her because I want her to look. Yeah, a I know way. it's not. I just, just... But I love searching for women's clothes. And one of the things that we've talked about is like, there's so many more options for yeah. women than there yeah. is for men. It's yeah. like, it's like choose your own adventure. Yeah. You walk in, there's like all these stores, and then you walk into a guy store, and it's like these are your options. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's all the same. Yeah, and and also the the fabric and the texture mm -hmm. of women's Colors. clothing. Yeah, yeah. I was like, baby, why are your clothes are so soft? Mm -hmm. Do you ever get tempted to like shop when you're in the women's section? You're like, I kind of want this for me. I well, I have said that about especially t-shirts. I'm like, why yeah. are your shirts so damn soft mm -hmm. and stretchy and like every you know? And uh. and so I'm wondering, like, mm. who's deciding? Like this narrow definition of masculinity is also it's everywhere. It's it's in our it's in our fashion. So I I just kudos to you for like breaking the mold mm -hmm. and for just look you. those pants look really comfortable, dude. Yeah, mm -hmm. they look really really Flare comfortable. Pants. The flare you, pants. But yeah. you know, but you know what's so funny because you mentioned materials and stuff. These are I mean they're made for men. The material is actually not the most comfortable in the world, mm. to be completely honest. And 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 you what you mentioned just now about women's clothing and like the materials and stuff. It's so true and it's so crazy. Like I wish I could shop in women's more. Nowadays I try to avoid it just because I know I can't fit it. Yeah. I just know I'm just too- size. It's not a lot for a 6'4 yeah. dude in the women's section. I'm just too long. <laughs> it's just, I don't want the disappointment. Like I'll pick, <laughs> I'll get something and I'm just like, oh, I don't, I shouldn't try it on. I try it on, it's like, okay, yeah, I knew this would happen. I don't know if you've ever done this, Jamie, but I've been in stores where I've walked into the store and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And then someone points out to me, no, that's the women's section. Oh yeah, mm. that's for sure. And should there a, be a male in, like, should it be kind of like toy stores where they're getting rid of the boy and the- I love that. Right? Yeah. Shouldn't we just get rid of it for clothes? I think, because there's also different sizings for both. I personally just think Maybe like there so should confusing. just be a universal, just measure it, right? Mm. Just measure it. Because man, woman, anything, like the, the waist can still be the same. Yeah. And be, so I just think there should be just one- large size thing for everyone hmm. regardless of what that. you identify as just one size that. tell me something tell me something that you uh love about yourself um give me the short answer give me a quick quick one wit wit i can be kind of witty sometimes All yeah right. <laughs> if i'm in the right mood yeah tell me something that um you're working on that could be better um handling my emotions what does that mean? Handling your emotions. Maybe handling is the wrong word. What I mean, just to explain it, is like sometimes when, let's say I'm upset at something or something yeah. happened that's not favorable, I'll just kind of, and I think a lot of guys do this, I'll just get real quiet. And shut down. I'll get, yeah, I'll get yeah. quiet. I won't really talk to anyone, but I try to do it in, in the healthiest way I can. So I'll look at my options. Let's say it's three things that are bothering me. I'll look at my options. I'll decide which one of these can I fix. If I can fix one, I try to fix it right then and there. If I can't fix these, I'll be sad about it for a little bit. And then what I do... And this is just like a me thing. I do a big yell. I just go ah, really Great. short, really short, really fast, and then I'm I'm good. Right. I'm I'm happy. I'm I'm ready to go again. Just like to just pop back into reality. It, was that an intuitive thing that you started doing? Yeah. Like you felt I like just, you just felt like your body needed that. It's like it's not like a mad. Yeah. It's more like a ah, you know, like a more happier like just to snap out of it and then we're good. That's okay. Two hard. more questions I got for you, and mm -hmm. then um, um, I'll shut up. Um, <laughs> um, tell me one thing about masculinity that you think is uh, healthy. Um. Short short answer. Um, chivalry, 
Like, just sort of being, like, a good man, being, you know, holding the door open or, you know, caring for, you know, protecting, All things right. like that, those things. Tell me something that you think is toxic about masculinity. Um, um, I'm, 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 I'm thinking that you're, like, better than a woman just because you're a man. Mm. That That's that's the most annoying part about it all. Like, there's so many guys who are like, oh, no, let me let me help you with this. Like, no, she's got it. What's mm-hmm. something that you think is uh, wonderful about femininity? Expression, love, care, tenderness, all that. And what's maybe toxic about femininity? Um, it's the hardest of all. That's hard. Huh? Of the batch. <laughs> um, uh, maybe maybe being it's a weird question. It is yeah. that that. What's interesting is though I know the reason why I'm, the question is is I know there are wonderful things about masculinity, and there are some things that we need to undefine and that are toxic. Mm-hmm. And we say there's wonderful things about femininity. Is there something that's toxic? Well, I think that. Everything is beautiful like yeah. about masculinity and everything is beautiful about femininity. It's our interpretation sure. of mm-hmm. masculinity that has toxic meanings. Mm-hmm. And I think, and, and I guess I have a an issue with the word toxic femininity because that's what I get in my comments all the time to yeah. invalidate my mm-hmm. work and invalidate mm-hmm. my voice yeah. is like, well, femininity, you know, let's talk about t- toxic femininity. And I'm mm-hmm. like, to me, we yeah, we can talk about, I mean, that's what we do with feminist theory, right? We're yeah. like, we talk about all the ways that we've misunderstood femininity and we've mm-hmm. encouraged girls to be less assertive, less ambitious, to um, suppress who they are. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and in a way, I think the same thing applies to masculinity. I mean, yeah. right, the ideals of masculinity also so suppress who you are mm-hmm. and that's what you're really reclaiming in your life and and i think it's so so beautiful so that that's just my my like i no i appreciate that i appreciate yeah. it. i, I yeah. think if it was framed like what you had yeah. how you had said it like what are some of the things we do know masculinity is is yeah. beautiful as femininity yeah. is what are some of the ways that we interpret or yeah. that we actually uh, um, yeah. we, you know yeah. behave and put into action masculinity that that could be yes. harmful yeah we make and it what are toxic. some of the things there yeah. and then the same thing is about femininity and it's harder for me with the femininity because I don't, it's only positive in my life. I hear, yeah. <laughs> well, I hear, well, I, Emily and I talk about it a yeah. little bit and and women have their own version of it. And yeah. this one I just pulled up the BuzzFeed article. Yeah. It says, you've heard of toxic masculinity, but now people are talking about toxic femininity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But where I've seen it happen the most in my wife's line of work, my wife, speaking of fashion, runs the fashion company for mamas, mm. for breastfeeding right. moms. What's and it called? Ama. Mm-hmm. And, I like that. And one of the things they've noticed is the amount of shaming that happens, mm. the mom shaming that happens, the like, the way that women tend to, um, this is the only way and shame other moms for trying or mm. things. And then there's this, uh, there's this, this feeling like there's this lack of support system mm. that I know a lot of women have felt with women, of course. But then if you think back to some of our previous episodes, you see that some of that all stems from the patriarchy and yeah. just wanting to fight for privilege mm-hmm. versus equality, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. Which is what Alok had talked about before. Yeah. Um, Two uh, references to Alok. Yeah, no, they, uh, they, they rocked my world. Yeah, mm. they did. Um, okay, so for, for kids out there, you know what, F- forget that, mm. people. Because I want it too. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna show up here tomorrow with with my hair down and like flare pants and heels, and Jamie's yeah. gonna walk out the door. Love just, it. Do all of that except for your hair down, <laughs> please. I beg you. But what's your advice for fashion? What's your advice um, for people, mm-hmm. uh, for regardless of age and gender? Um, because again, we we walk into stores and you see, oh, this is what's socially acceptable for me to wear. That's it. Um, how do we break free of that? How do we find our expression without fear of being bullied or these comments or, you know, 
Because God knows how many comments I get on a daily basis. Cut your hair. Do yeah. this. Wait. Oh, no. I, I will say, uh, and this is kind of what I tell myself sometimes, is that no matter what you do, no matter where you are, like just no matter what, someone's going to have something to say. Worldwide pandemic, they find a vaccine. People have something to say. You could win a million dollars. Someone's still going to have something to say about it. If I stay the same, someone's going to have something to say about it regardless. Yeah. So I just use that to fuel the sort of like expression, you know, like I'm just going to do this. If, if it interests me a little bit, going to look at it a little bit more. If I want to do it, I'm going to do it. If someone's got something to say, whatever. They're going to have something to say if I don't do it. I hope that you keep, keep that as you uh, grow older. I think that uh, being 20 years old, you are afforded this... Um, observation you, uh, that allows you to just be optimistic and to see the world for its beauty. Um, and oftentimes what happens is we go through life and we have more crushing things happen to us mm -hmm. and, you know, we get a little smaller, mm -hmm. um, start doubting and all of that. And, um, and your perspective, I think, is really um, what we need. Yeah. So I, I, I hope you. that you continue to carry that with you throughout your life. Thank you. And if, um, if social media blew up tomorrow, right, if, if suddenly, uh, TikTok no, no longer existed. Mm -hmm. What does your life look like? What are you taking from this last year of like mm -hmm. being rocketed, launched into fame, um, finding yourself amidst millions of people, um, and then it goes away? I still see myself as creative. I still have ideas. I still, you know, see things. I'm still inspired to create things regardless of, of whatever, I guess, platform it would be on. Um, and I still want to use my creative ability to just take on different things. Mm. I still want to go places and do, I want to do things beyond social media already as it is now. And I'm working towards those things, Yeah, you know, so. You're using it as a launching pad. Exactly, oh, right. as a launching pad. You get yourself settled and then move on and. Yeah. So in the modeling industry, especially for men. So I, I dabbed in it for a second. Mm -hmm. I had like a moment of mm. being repped and having a modeling agent and it was. It was really hard for me because uh, I already struggled with my uh, confidence. I was already very insecure about the way that I looked, um, the way that I was bullied and made fun of for you know things growing up, like my nose and my eyebrows and stuff, and also my body type, being skinny or being too much. Um, and I and that year that I was kind of dabbling in it, it was one of my low points in terms of my body image because I I'll never forget even going to a casting, and we had to wear shorts. And the uh, I don't know what they what they're called the people that uh, that uh, the stylist the, the not the stylist but the people that director. are like in a, yeah the casting directors yeah, or whatever yeah. or the client um, they wanted they were looking at our legs so all yeah. of us men had to like stand up and they were just looking at our legs right, right. and the guy's like you look like an ape no way because my legs were hairy oh my no God. way um, and that's just one example so how are you gonna change the modeling industry? Because you're a bit of an outsider, you came in. Um, you're not like so skinny. Like mm -hmm. you're you're a, you're a big dude. Um, how how do you want to change it from the inside out? Because it's a very unhealthy business, mm -hmm. especially for young women, especially for girls. This the this things my wife my wife my wife has told me about the modeling business are horrific. Her sister just launched a new modeling agency to protect young girls mm. um, in Sweden. But but as a man. What do you want to change about it from the inside out? You know, it's funny. We talked about how much I, like how I see my body and how I may not favor some parts of it. Yeah. But I think those parts are what I'm going to use to inevitably change how we see men in fashion, how we see men as models and the whole industry as like a whole. Like what? So what, like what? So for example, like 
I don't have the skinniest thighs in the world or things like that, but I want to, and people point that out and I want to keep showing how, you know, I may not be the thinnest, but I can still do this too, just as well. Yeah. You know, and, and just, it's gonna, you know, again, still new to this, still young. I'm still figuring out the best ways to do things, but it's going to come from, I think me personally, I want to show that regardless of what parts of your body you may not favor, what parts may not be, you know, seen as the ideal, you know, you still need to get out there and you still need to do what you got to do. You should still. So, so what happens if you're going to a casting or you're mm -hmm. up for a huge job and you need the money and they tell you, you got to, you got to drop 10 pounds or you got to lose a size in your shoulders. Mm -hmm. How do you avoid, because this is what happens, I think, especially to women. Mm -hmm. um, how do you avoid taking that feedback, mm. making it so personal, and then actually hurting yourself in order to fit into the shirt or the mm. or the jacket or to get that campaign. Mm. I gotta tell you, I don't know. That's, I love that answer. And and cause, Thank you. Cause you know, you mentioned that, I know I know other models and I know the people who yeah. were models, they go through that same thing. It's one of those things where it's like, how do you? Mm. Cause it, it gets to me just as much as it gets to anyone else. Yeah. When that's what you do, that's your occupation, and you go there and someone tells you that, it's like, well, shit, this is this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And yeah. now apparently I have to do that. Me personally, if that were to happen, I, I my weight doesn't fluctuate. I don't know why. That's just a health genetics thing. Yeah. So personally, I'm just going to be like, well, all right, whatever. Like I'm literally just going to have to move on with yeah. my life. But, I, I'm not going to try to fit into your box. Right. So I can't do it. But nice. for some people who obviously can't, their weight does fluctuate for a lot of people, it's they literally will, I'm going to stop eating. Yeah. And and it is predominant with women. I have oh yeah. I have so many girlfriends where it's not even like they're models. It's just mm -hmm. they open their phone and they see somebody on their Instagram feed. Yeah. And it's an incredibly unhealthy thing. In this particular scenario, I I I, I don't know. I it, that's a mm. well, that's a perfect, somebody perfect yeah. good answer. In yeah, fact, it's, you, don't you have said to a lot of good things today on on our podcast, man enough. I think maybe the most manly thing you've said is I don't know. I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a tough one. Well, it seems like yeah. you know yourself, yeah. which is right. Like, and you know, it comes back to what Sean Mendes said. Like, you know the truth about who you are. And when someone says you're supposed to be this, you're like, no, no, I'm this, mm -hmm. right? Like, I, I saw a great TikTok about this. This guy was like, it's like knowing that your name is Janet, mm -hmm. and then someone says, hey, Ophelia, and you're like, no, 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 I'm Janet. You <laughs> wouldn't say like, oh, am I Ophelia? You're yeah. like, no, no, I know who I am. I love and that's that. what your presence uh, really screams being um, with you. So mm -hmm. we're going to hop into rapid fire questions. Welcome to this week's Man Enough podcast, rapid fire questions. When is the last time that you apologized to someone? Um, yesterday. Yesterday, actually. Oh. Who? Yeah. Um, it was one of my friends because I said something mean and I was like, I'm sorry, bro. I didn't mean that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. love that. Being honest. Don't worry about cameras being on you. Um, nobody will judge you. Honestly, what do you think of Justin's hair being done? I love oh it. God. I, oh my I God. was so scared. No, I literally you love can it. Say, and you can say, you can say you don't love it. No, and it's I actually totally fine. do. Like, I, why don't you so like does about that, it? Yeah, um, yeah. It was, it was, hold on, it was hold on, Jamie. Hold yes, on. Yes, sir. <laughs> How about now? What, what don't you love It's because it, yeah, he loves it too much. That's what it is. Um, That's what it why is. Why don't you ask your I uh, just for all of you who are listening, I just um, Fabioed my hair. If you don't know who Fabio <laughs> is, then you're don't even worry about you're it. You're too young for this. Um, <laughs> what what do you think it means to be 
man enough? Because we mm. talked about that a little bit earlier, but what does it mean to be man enough to you? To me, <sighs> to me, to be man enough just means to understand yourself, mm. you know? I think it means to really understand yourself and not to not to stick to this sort of like, you know, traditional, like you gotta be this, you gotta be this. But for some people, if that's what it is, then that's what it is for you. I think it really is just, it obviously is down to the individual, but for me, I really think it's just understanding yourself and understanding the best way you can just help people and just be the best you can be. I, that's personally what I try to do every mm -hmm. single day. And um, that. that's what it is for me, yeah. Mm -hmm. You, uh, you have a time travel device. Okay. And this time we're going back in time right. to nine-year-old wisdom. Nine. Oof. Okay. What do you want to tell nine-year-old wisdom? I would tell nine-year-old wisdom to keep doing you. I feel like the, you know, the stuff people say, I said about me and all stuff, I think it's all part of it. It's all part of building character. It's all part of getting you to where you are today. Um, I feel like, yes, because of it, there are parts of me where I'm like, I don't really like this about myself or that about myself. But also because of it, I'm in a stage where it's like, you know what? This is also who I am. It's kind of like this weird sort of complex thing that, um, you know, humans are complex. We have complex ways of thinking and emotions. We have contradictory thoughts and ways that we view ourselves. But it's all part of it. And I, I personally wouldn't, you know, tell Wiz to really change anything. You know, I like where Wiz is at. Right now, mm -hmm. sweet, yeah, love that. Mm. Would he be proud of you? I think he would. He'd be, he <laughs> would. He would be. He would be like, what? That's what? Us? Yes, right. <laughs> he, he definitely would be a bit surprised. Um, but yeah, and I by how tall be, you are, also that too. Yeah. Um, but I, I, Wiz would I like that. Would be happy. Yeah, I like that question. You are a ghost at your funeral. You've lived to be a hundred. Mm -hmm. What do you hope is said about you? Um, and the way you move through the world as a man or a human. That I brought joy to other people. Mm. That that would be it. That would be it. Love that. Because mm -hmm. I, I mean, social media, I may not show it as much. Um, I try to do it in my content to entertain people and things like that. But, you know, with my friends and in real life, I like to make people laugh. I like to brighten people's days, mm. you know. Um, and I just, I like to be just... Bring joy. Yeah. Well, in your mm -hmm. life, you uh, live in that joy, make decisions when you're in that joy, not when you're intoxicated with grief and all those other things that we have to go through. Mm -hmm. That's when we um, make our best decisions and uh, good things happen with us when we live in the sunshine, which is joy, so. Well, you definitely brought a lot of joy to me today, but I think we have one, do we have one audience question? We list? do. So this is from you writing this down podcast. When was the first time that you told yourself that you loved yourself? <sighs> I, you know, it's weird. I, I think there was a moment, I want to say it could have been three or four years ago. I looked at myself in the mirror. This was really before anything had really happened as well, like TikTok, social media, all that stuff. And I just was like, you know, it was you look good, man. That, that was as close as I've gone to be like, oh, I love, I love you. Wiz. But like, I mm. was, that was when I started gaining more confidence in myself. Acceptance. Mm. Yeah. 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 That was like, it's a great question. Ago, yeah. It's a great question. It's great. Uh, well, I got one thing to say to you is you, my friend. Are man enough. Thank you. Thank you so much, so much for being on the show. And uh, and my final question is: Can I try on your blazer? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I don't know how you can see this on the podcast, but um, yeah, we'll talk about it real yeah, time. Thank you for joining uh, the Man Enough podcast. We'll be right back with we a recap will. with the amazing Liz Plank and Jamie Heath. 
Thank you for listening. I'm and gonna follow, try, I'm gonna try and follow us on manenough.com slash podcast. Where else do they follow us, Liz? Um, and all the places. All the places. That uh, you can get all your the podcasts. apps. There'll be a new one by the time this comes out. But, um, um, buy Liz's book, For the Love of Man. Thank you. Um, Justin's book, Man Enough. Support um, oh, yeah. Jamie's TikTok. And uh, I, be follower 201. 201. Guys. All right. We'll see you next time. Man Enough Podcast. Yes. Woo. Oh my God. That's a look. Stop. That's a look. Even like with this. That's I a just, look. I feel like I just became man enough. That is yeah. a look right there. You've been man enough. All right. Oh, thank you. That's a look. Are Thanks you going to try it on that too? Oh, God. Okay. okay. All right. Should I get my ring light? No, oh my <laughs> that is God. Sure. Hello, and welcome back to the Man Enough podcast. I'm Justin Baldoni. I'm Liz Plank. And I'm Jamie Heath. And we just had. An amazing guest, Wisdom K. Mm. With some wisdom. A lot of wisdom. Where's mm. your ring light, Jamie? <laughs> well, I started uh, <laughs> our interview with him with a ring light because he's a TikTok specialist and he's, um, I mean, he was- <laughs> He was w- impressed with your ring light. He was. He was. But then he asked me to, to uh, remove it, to turn yeah. it on. And he did, know. I think we can put the hair thing to rest now, don't you think, yeah, Liz? I think, I think so. I think that the he, joke's over. I think, the it's, joke's I think it's now <laughs> I can just wear my hair down and you can't threaten to quit anyway. anymore. You know what? I lo- loved um, how comfortable he was um, yeah. with where he is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 20, right? So we know as we continue to move through life, we're haunted with certain things that may come up, but um, he's got a good head on his shoulders. Um, I wish I had that Me confidence too. at 20. I wish I had that confidence now. Mm-hmm. Just to just, he seems like he really has a strong sense of self, as you said. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, and and it, it's not about proving anything to anyone. No. You, you know, in the positive or you know, like it's not about making a statement. It's just about being truly who he is. Which, like, the world would be a better place if we all went around in the world like that. Yeah, and, and and even down to undefining masculinity, right? Which mm-hmm. is which is kind of what we are talking about in general. What I think he's doing is undefining masculinity especially in fashion Mm. because the whole idea the premise of it as you know liz is to just make room for anybody who identifies as a man Mm -hmm. to be allowed to be Mm. a man and express Mm -hmm. themselves Mm -hmm. and and i think fashion and i I didn't realize it until we were sitting here talking i think fashion has been a huge piece of the things that are holding us back in masculinity Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that we're not allowed to express ourselves through fashion well i'm going to start expressing myself i hope you do as you are with your hair as I did, mm. as I did with my hair. I'm owning it. <laughs> Liz, you do something that I really love. Oh, God. <laughs> Whenever he starts with that, no, I know I'm going to um, start and, crying. And, and I looked at you for a moment, and do you know that you ask questions um, when it comes to um, someone being a black man? You bring up race so much. It's And it's not just one-offs. It's It's orchestrated throughout your whole being and i really appreciate that thank you i appreciate that that's something that you care about you care about um this topic of course you're a feminist you care about the liberation of women and Mm -hmm. uh, you know all but equally and men of course Mm. um but you you bring race into it also without it being down someone's throat it's just part of your fabric and um and i feel seen and uh, i don't have to always do it because Mm -mm. you do Thank you. You do it with gender. And and I just think fashion is is so much, you know, one of the 
awful things about misogyny is that we don't value fashion as much as we should, right? Yeah. We see it we see it as this like frivolous thing and, you know, oh, it's superficial. It's just the way that you present. But there's so much amazing literature um, out there about just again, how fashion has been embedded in the liberation of, you know, black people in America. And again, how it's used as a tool for emancipation, I think is so interesting. Like I was reading this book. Um, I want to get the author's name, Monica L. Miller. She wrote a book called From Slaves to Fashion, and she talks about black uh, dandyism. And one of the things that she talks about in her book is that when Frederick Douglass, who was the most photographed man in the 19th century, hmm. Fascinating. Uh, when he was asked, well, what is the first thing you want to do when you are free? He said um, he wanted a blue serge suit. Right. Mm. And again, like the meaning of fashion and representation is yeah. so huge. So it's not it's not, you know, we could I'm sure wisdom is dismissed and was like, OK, well, you're just wearing this, you know, jacket or you're just wearing these heels. But it's actually there's there's so much in there that I think he's not even maybe he might not even able, be aware of exactly. it. Yet. It's, mm. in, exactly. it's in his cells and DNA. Yeah. He's changing the world yeah. as he's walking through it. Yes. Yeah. Mm, so beautiful. And that's why we do what we do. That's right. I'm really glad we had him on here. So uh, thank you all for listening to this episode of Man Enough. Uh, if you like what you are hearing, you can like and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts or go to manenough.com slash podcast. And until next time, yeah, I'm Justin Baldoni. I'm Liz Plank. I'm Jamie Heath. And follow me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Man Enough. Thank you for listening to the Man Enough podcast, produced by Wayfair Studios and presented by Procter & Gamble, in partnership with Cadence 13 and Odyssey Company. Hosted by Justin Baldoni, Liz Plank, and me, Jamie Heath. If you like what you heard, please follow us and tune in weekly as we undefine masculinity and learn in real time. Justin Baldoni, Jamie Heath, and Tara Malhotra Feinberg from Wayfair Studios, Mark Pritchard and Kerry Rathode from Procter & Gamble, and Chris Corcoran from Cadence 13 are our executive producers. Kahea Kiwaha is our producer. Brandy Cole is head of marketing. Susie Landers O'Connell is our assistant editor. And Josh Schneider is our lead editor. Thanks for listening.